This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to another edition of the Dagobah Dispatch. And fear not, we have not gone rogue. C-3PO is here with a data transcript from Senator Organa to prove that this is indeed a legally sanctioned podcast. And we have a lot to get into, including that appearance from an original trilogy icon. Plus, Anakin is back. Again! We thought we might have seen the last of him. We thought wrong. We're going to get into everything from episode seven of Ahsoka, and we are going to look ahead to next week's finale and some of the things we may or may not see. We know Grand Admiral Thrawn's on a very strict timetable, so no more lollygagging. It's time to get to it. I'm Dalton Ross here with Devin Kogan, who informed me just before recording that she refuses to use her microphone this week because in her words, quote, the force is my ally. That's all I need. It's a pretty bold statement, Devin. Are you feeling some extra metachlorians uh, today or something? What's this going on? is lies and slander. I okay. said no such thing. And I have um, a data transmission from Senator Leia Organa to back me up, um, which is what I'm just going to use to get out of trouble anytime That's right. I'm ever in trouble. I'm just going to say Leia said it was okay. So it's fine. I realize I'm dating myself with this reference, but it's essentially Epstein's mother from Welcome Back, Cotter. When, uh, he would just show up at class and he would just like write him like a note himself signed Epstein's mother and like try and get out of everything. So that's that's where I'm going to go with that. By the way, Welcome Back, Cotter, really unfunny show. Like when I was a kid, I thought that was so hilarious. I had a horse shack, Freddie Boom Boom Washington. And then as an adult, I checked out an episode. I'm like, that is literally the worst show I've ever seen in my life. This was before my time, so I cannot, I can't help you on this one. That is a very old reference. Oh, uh, all right. Mr. Carter, that was my horse shack impression, by the way, for all those wondering. I'll take your word for uh, it, man. No one, no one. <laughs> all right, listen, <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> Welcome back to Welcome Back, Cotter, colon, the podcast, <laughs> where we deep dive in every single episode of Welcome Back, Cotter. All right. Uh, we do have a lot to get to. We're going to talk all about Ahsoka episode seven, and then we'll look ahead to the uh, finale next week. But of course, we start with some house cleaning um, and housekeeping, Devin, with some things just to get into for that. We uh, we put a poll up every week when, on our, with our Spotify uh, episode. So if you listen to this on Spotify, you can vote in a poll that we do each and every week. And last week's poll was, which Ahsoka episode six appearance was a bigger deal, Thrawn or Ezra Bridger? Because we know these are big characters from Rebels, and they both showed up for the first time. I mean, Ezra, I guess, was a hologram in the first episode, but this is the first time they, they both really showed up in episode six. And we so we put the poll out, said, who was the bigger deal? Thrawn, no surprise, dominated this poll, got 75% of the vote as having the being the bigger deal. Ezra got 24%. I'm, again, not a math major. I don't think 75 and 24 equals 100, but that's the way the poll results read to me. So there you go. Uh, I assume you're not surprised by that, Deb. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, somebody, I'm sure somebody abstained, and that's why there's a 1%. No, um, yeah, I mean, like, I I mean, I think Thrawn, they've been building this up for such a long time, but we'll get into this as we talk about this episode. I uh, This version of Ezra we get to learn a little bit more about him in this this episode, and I really, really love Iman Isfandi's performance as him. And so I'm I'm excited to get into that as we as we talk about this episode because I really, really liked him. Uh, yeah, we will be talking all about that. Um, also, just last thing, so want to thank everyone. Our, uh, our, you know, we've been getting great reaction from you all from the pod, and we've been getting great numbers and lots of people listening, and it's it's awesome. So want to thank everyone for doing that. A little lacking on the voicemails, though, Devin. Breaking news. Oh, did, did <gasps> a voicemail just come in? We have three voicemails that came in, and I think it was because last episode of this podcast, you said to call when we record on Wednesdays. 
Now, Don't off, miss to eat his words. We got three voicemails. First off, I love Sammy on the mic. Look Hello. at that. Like, <laughs> amazing. Um, well, how do we want to do this, Sammy? This is this is all happening in real time. We're taking yeah, you behind the real time stuff. Are you like, going to like hold your phone up to the mic and then put in the fancy version later and we're going to react to it? I mean, we don't even know what's happening here. So what we're going to do is you guys can go through the recap and then we'll okay. get to these voicemails after. Awesome. Love it. Okay, great. Ooh, I'm so listen. Excited. Well, and and so people actually for once listened to what I asked them to do, which is I said, listen, you can react to what we say, and maybe that's what they're going to do. But what I also said you should do, and this is really important as you're listening to this, is I said, give us your real time react to episode seven, right? Like, and that way we can put it right in that pod. So that's what people did. They called 657-799-1566. And so what I'm going to say now is next week is the Ahsoka finale. And we can't wait to get into it. We can't wait to share our thoughts. And so I will tell you, we want you to do the same. So right after you watch that finale, we're going to record this Wednesday at about noon Eastern. So Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, after you watch the Ahsoka finale, call us at 657-799-1566 and we'll get you on the pot and we'll get your reaction. So that's awesome. Good oh, news. I'm so excited. Yeah. That's amazing. I want to hear what the people have to say. And is Palbany one of those calls? We don't know. <laughs> Are Palbany and Sammy still in a, in a fight? Like, this have is, they settled their differences? I don't Stop know. Stop trying to make this happen, Dalton. It's not going to it's happen. It's like Balin versus Ahsoka, only it's Palbany versus Sammy. I don't know. All right. Um, before we get into episode seven, uh, I, I just want to, like, this came across my desk a few weeks ago and I just kind of ignored it. And then they emailed <laughs> me again. So I decided, all right, let's just get into this. I, you know, we get a lot of weird emails, Devin. This I, is true. We work. We so lot, many weird emails. A lot of publicist emails, a lot of weird companies and things. You're not exactly sure what they are, which brings us to NZ Casino Club. I don't know if this is based in New Zealand. I don't know what the NZ stands for, but they've they've sent me an email a few different times. And apparently they've conducted some research. Uh, on Star Wars movies. And according to them, they've analyzed worldwide box office totals and online ratings at like places like Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Letterboxd, and Metacritic to calculate an overall popularity index score out of 100 for each film. So they did this for all the Star Wars films, but what's really weird about this, Devin, is that they, they ranked the most unpopular Star Wars films. Uh, and they didn't rank it most pop, and they only sent me like the six most unpopular ones. So <laughs> it's it's sort of like odd what they did, but I thought we could play a little game here and see if you can guess according to them. And this is judging on again box office and sort of online ratings. What the most unpopular Star Wars films are, or I can just read you what they are and you can give you a react. However you want to do it. You want to guess, or you want me just to to, or you want to guess the first one? Let's have you just guess. Number one, combine box office totals and and online reaction for any Star Wars movie that's appeared theatrically. So my question for this, and this is a question of methodology. I used to be a box office reporter. That was my first job at EW, was just doing the box office. Is this adjusted for inflation or not adjusted it for inflation? It is adjusted for okay. inflation. That Good question. changes things. Good um, question. Because I was going to say, like, you know, obviously... The recent trilogy made a boatload of money. Um, I'm going to go least popular Star Wars movie in a should come as an absolute surprise to no one who has listened to me on this pod. I'm going to guess Rise of Skywalker 2019. And that's Lauren Morgan there uh, casting her vote. So you're wrong, but only Ooh. because you may not have considered the number one. The number one, meaning the worst Star Wars theatrical movie ever, according to NZ Casino Club. Oh, is it the animated Clone Wars movie? Yes, it is. Oh, Star okay. Wars The Clone Wars yeah. has been crowned by them the least popular film. Because, of course, the box office was nothing. Yeah, I mean, and it, also it, a lot of people haven't seen it. Yeah, this was a TV show that they then decided, hey, let's cram those first few episodes together and we'll put it out. It was you know, not the original plan to put that even out theatrically. And they said, why not? So they did it. So, yeah, it made like no money theatrically. And then, you know, obviously... Uh, doesn't have a great, 
you know, score on the other. So that got an index, a popularity index, according to the chart of 43. Rise of Skywalker is number two on this least popular Star Wars list. That is an index of 54. Uh, that's followed by Attack of the Clones, Devin, yeah. which had a score of 55. Just barely, be able, oh, which is, so this is interesting. I thought it would be. Yeah, and then and then number four on least popular is Phantom Menace at fifty seven. So I do find this interesting that um, you know, they say that Phantom Menace is more popular than Attack of the Clones, which I find surprising. I think you find less surprising. You know, my take on Attack of the Clones is I think there's half of a very good movie there. I I really love the Obi Wan stuff. I think it's strong. The Camino stuff is is really good. Um, I just don't love. I just don't think the love story works. Yeah, I think there's a little bit more rewatchability for Phantom Menace. I think there's a lot of like really great stuff in there. Um, I think your tolerance for Jar Jar Binks uh, might color your 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 vision of that. Um, but I mean, come on, we always talk about Duel of the Fates. Yeah, there's a lot that's of stuff. Great. Yeah, we, there's a lot of stuff we love in Phantom Menace. Um, so yeah, that that you know, doesn't surprise me. I think if you stopped a Star Wars fan on the street and were like, which was the your least favorite of the prequel trilogy, I think most people would say Attack of the Clones. Um, but as you and I have talked about many times before, I think the buildup to Phantom Menace and the the hype around Phantom Menace was so high that I know some people were, you know, when it, when it finally hit theaters, um, you know, it wasn't exactly what people yeah. were expecting. I still say most hyped movie in in history. I mean, I really do. I would think, think so. Case. Yeah, um, I think that's probably fair. Uh, number five most popular Star Wars film, according to this, is Solo. And I'm actually surprised that that is only the fifth. I, I actually thought that would be, I guess, above, you'd say, um, Attack of the Clones of Phantom Menace. Um, but it comes in here with a popularity index. I love how I'm, I'm, I'm stating the score like it's science. Like this actual, <laughs> like, means anything. That's number five. Now, Devin... You're not going to like what's number six on this list. You can oh, probably man. guess just by is my it tone. Last Jedi? It, is. it is the last Jedi. Yeah. That's a bummer. But I mean, it's, it's a divisive movie. It's not for, you know, it's not for everybody. I love it, but not everyone does. That's fair. Yeah. That's number six. They're wrong, but that's fair. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's it. That's your, your bottom six, top six. However you want to want to look at that. Um, thank you so yeah. much. New NZ casino club. Now please stop emailing me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, most of my yeah. inbox is just stuff being like, I don't know, do you want to write about this, um, you know, fashion show in Missouri? And I'm like, have you ever read Entertainment Weekly or anything ever? I but, know. It's just so weird because, again, they they didn't, they're like, we did this chart to see what's the most popular Star Wars film. We did this whole research. And now here's the most least, po like, they didn't even tell me. I don't, I, in this entire email, it doesn't even tell me what the most popular Star Wars film is. It only tells me what the six least popular ones are. It's, I mean, it's probably going to be, you know, either A New Hope or Empire Strikes It's Back. Empire. I mean, it's got to be Empire, right? You know, there, yeah. There's like no way to, you know, that's, that's not really a surprise. I guess so. Shocking. People love Empire Strikes Back. That's true. Uh, all right. Breaking news. All right, you want to get into this episode seven of Ahsoka? Should we do this? Should we? Yeah, make this we got a lot to talk about. All right, let's start with the big appearance, uh, Devin. Uh, you know, Hera's at some sort of senatorial hearing or trial, and then and then Senator Ciano is about to have Hera court martialed because she's gone rogue. She didn't get authorization for her mission. And then who walks into the chamber but C three PO, who has a a message from Senator Leia Organa, and he delivers this data that says it was a personally sanctioned trip and gets her out of trouble. Uh, what'd you think about C-3PO showing up here, Devin? Oh, I thought it was perfect. Like, I, you know, I, as a general rule, I'm not a fan of like the, oh, let's trot out, trot out familiar characters and de-age them and just to be like, hey, it's the Star Wars you know and love. But this one I thought felt made perfect sense. I felt like it was the perfect length. We got to see hear Anthony Daniels' voice again. Um, I thought it was a really smart way to sort of nod at, you know, this is the New Republic. Obviously, Leia is going to be a huge part of things, but um, obviously we can't see her on screen since we lost Carrie Fisher. But I thought this was like a lovely little moment, um, just a nod back to the original trilogy and just like it made sense in the story. And I thought if, if it was any more C-3PO, I would have been like, eh, really, do we have to? But I thought I thought this was the perfect amount of C-3PO. I thought it was a fun cameo. It's the penultimate episode. I was I was all for it. And you know, I love I love hearing Anthony Daniels. I mean, he is somebody who he is 
I believe, the only actor to appear in every single Star Wars film, both the Skywalker films and the spinoffs. Um, and he's, you know, lent his voice to all the video games and the animated shows. And he just, this is a character he loves and has played for, you know, 45 years. Um, and so, it, you know, it always, it always makes me happy to see him back on my screen. I wasn't mad about it. Well, it's nice and it's not surprising to hear that Devin says that, you know, glad it didn't go on too long, considering when it comes to droid rankings, Devin Kogan consuming a little haterade when it comes to C-3PO, I, if I recall correctly. I think a little C-3PO goes a long mm -hmm. way. I think he mm -hmm. is good in small doses. I think he's best when he's with R2. I think I don't like solo C-3PO as much, although I think he worked here. My I, I'm not a fan of like Attack of the Clones, where it's just like the C-3PO comedy hour for like the entire last third of that yeah, movie. That's bad. Um, that's bad. I agree. And look, I mean, he's he's great. He's iconic. He's one of the most iconic characters of the 20th century. Um, but I just think there's other better droids. And and way to come after me, the number one fan of K2SO over well, he here. He is the best. He is the best. Uh, so I, I agree with you that I thought this was very well handled. And I'm really listen. You know that I'm I'm a big Rogue One fan, bigger than you. And uh, but the but the 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 one thing that well, there's a few things. But you know, we do agree <laughs> that Rogue One has has some issues. Yeah. Um. Uh. And one of them, I think, is the the Tarkin and Leia digital. You know. Yeah characters uh it just takes me out of the story i don't like it. It, it it they did a good job on it like but it's still just it's weird i wish they just got an actor for tarkin and just not had leia or not had leia turn around whatever yeah. i'm glad what i'm saying is i'm glad they didn't try to do some weird de-aging or cg leia situation that yeah. really would have bummed me out this is a way like you said leia is a huge part of this era and story so what they've done now is a few times they've nodded to the character and they've acknowledged the character, but like they're not going to do something uncomfortable with it. And having C-3PO deliver something from her and having her play a role in this story, I think, I think was handled really well. I agree with you. Yeah, I think it was the best possible scenario. I, as a general rule, I will always prefer recasting over like the weird de-aging um, like, I, I mean, I love seeing Luke Skywalker in the Book of Boba Fett and the end of The Mandalorian, but like, I, I, that's something where I'm just like, just recast it. I think there's, there's time, you know, I think, but, but also like, I don't want to see anybody else's adult Leia. That's, I don't want them know, to recast I know, Leia. I so I, I think this is the perfect, perfect way to handle it. Just sort of where again, she's not a major part of the story, but she's sort of on the fringes and it acknowledges her role. And also we get to get Anthony Daniels back. So I'm not, I'm not mad about it. So, um, I did, I did love the fact when, uh, when uh, Senator Ciano sort of starts dissing droids and then Carson has to hold Chopper back. Like you see Chopper kind of <laughs> yes. move like, hey, hold on. He's like, hold on. You stay there, buddy. I just like a very subtle move, but I really did like that. Because I was thinking about that earlier. Devin, like, why did they bring Chopper in the room? How is Chopper going to like maintain like order and like not go like completely haywire in this situation? Like, I, like Chopper is like an unruly toddler or something. You know what Seriously. I mean? Like, you don't bring Chopper into that room. So I like that they kind of did acknowledge that. Right. I, I when I saw him on the fringes, I was like, oh, I hope we get a good Chopper moment, and we did. So like, I that's one thing. I'm like, I need more Chopper this season. I, I hope yeah, that not a lot. I, not a lot. Um, but he looks great in live action and he's one of my favorite characters. I, I kind of was wondering, like, uh, we were having this big, like, you know, war tribunal or whatever. I was like, is Chopper finally going on trial for his many war crimes? <laughs> 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 the New Republic is finally holding him accountable. Um, no, but I, I love that moment. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. And I'm always glad to see Genevieve O'Reilly back as Mon Mothma. I love the work that she's doing in Andor so much. So it's it's fun to get to see her in, in a little bit of a different role. And I love that immediately she comes up to Hera and she's like, Leia didn't approve that that mission. She's totally just bailing you out. Like I totally saw through all of this. So it, it I, was great. I love having Genevieve O'Reilly back too because I, I love the character and she's delightful as well. And you and I have been able to have some interactions with her. And I, I did think it's weird though that they made her seem a little powerless in this yeah. whole situation. Like, and in the last one too, like I wish she could be, they present her as a little more authoritative. I mean, in a way, and I realize this is a little extreme, in a way they kind of presented her as slightly Chancellor Valorum-ish, right? Like unable to control other factions and things happening and kind of like resigned to, oh, I, I, there's nothing I can do here. My hands are tied. 
So I don't love that for that character to see her kind of not really seem to have any power in the scenes we've seen, Devin. Yeah, that is something that's kind of all I've also kind of clocked a little bit. It's it's interesting, especially because we're watching her in Andor, you know, in, in season one and eventually when season two comes out, it's this journey of her like learning how to become a leader and really stepping up from being the senator who's sort of like working with the rebellion in the shadows and sort of pulling strings and not being like a major player to becoming arguably the leader of the entire rebellion and being this very like, you know, capable, very a leader, you know, somebody who can you know, just sort of corral all these competing interests and, and sort of shape them to, to move forward. And I mean, I get it. She, the, we, we know that the new Republic sort of falls apart. We know that it's not as successful um, as we would hope it would be uh, based on the events of the sequel trilogy. Um, so I get it. It's, it's much, this uh, is sort of hinting at, you know, the idea that it's, it's one thing to when you're united against a common en enemy to rebel. And it's another thing to govern and sort of deal with all these competing factions and all that the deals that you made to sort of get this done and to overthrow the empire, now you have to make good on those. So I, I think I agree with you. I think I, I, I'm. It's interesting that like Mon Mothma is sort of the face of that because that's a character I don't think of as being sort of like like a useless government agent. You know, she's she's very you know she's very capable and she's a great leader and she's great at rallying people. Um, but I think it sort of hints at this idea that you know that we I'm not even hints at, but something we've seen is that. The New Republic is not is very idealistic. Things are not going as well as they would hope it would be. And it's much harder to govern than it is to, um, you know, fight um, a rebellion. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to hit on this scene, unless you had something else. Um, I, I love Hera because we love Hera, but I love her holding her ground here and like, you know, just not cowering in front of this council. I will say this, though. So our illustrious former co-worker, Dan Sneerson and I, the Danimal. My favorite uh, person in the world. We, yeah, we we occasionally had a thing where we call it dial it down, um, where it's like, eh, it's just like a little too much. Like it's a little over the top. You got to like dial it down. So I direct a dial it down at Senator Ciano at this character. Okay. <laughs> like now, and usually when we do it, it's the actors kind of going a little over it. It's not the actor. I think the actor's totally fine in this case, but it's, it's like, it just feels like such a cardboard cutout authority a-hole. You know yeah. what I mean? There's no real reason given as to why he's being such an a-hole. There's no like, well, the reason why he's doing this is because his appropriation money. Can There's really not. It, it's just like political mustache trolling. It's like they just need like, it's like, you know, it, it, it's like the um, a, a character on like almost on The Simpsons. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where like, you know, it's like the, you know, the, 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 the police chief who's like keeping the police officer down. And he's like, I'm not playing by your rules. Like. They kind of to to make Hera show that she's gonna like do what needs to be done. They've put in this character who's just a little over the top, Devin, and like dropping the hammer. Do you feel the same way? It's a little bit like in an X Men story where there's like the senator who's like the X Men are evil and we must round them yeah, all Bruce up. Bruce Davison, and, yeah. literally, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, you're just like a cartoon character of like a government bureaucrat. Um, and so yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's a little bit like. Why does this guy hate Hera so much? Like, there, the, I, I wish she was like not just him. Like, maybe there were two or three senators on the on the council who felt this way, or we got this, you know, or like, I mean, my immediate thought is like, oh, he's an empire, he's an empire sympathizer. I like, that's the why same he's, thing. He's like this. Is he's you know because we know there's empire sympathizers within the New Republic, um, who are sort of working in the shadows. Um, yeah, I agree. It's a little bit like, I wish we had like maybe one or two more senators being like, Hera, you can't do this. Like, that's why we're, it's the whole council who's holding you accountable, not just like this one guy. Because Mon Mothma is a little bit like, well, sorry, it's this one guy. He's really loud. What can you I do? Know. But also, I mean, isn't that how American Congress works though? You get like one really oh God, loud let's, guy let's, who kind of holds everything hostage and everybody else is just like, oh, we have to work with this guy. What was the, the worst? The thing is, is like, I wish they would have done one of two things. I think what they could have done was actually had someone with, like they could have presented a senator with real legitimate reasons. Yeah. Why, like I said, well, you know, Harold, we're trying to run a real thing here and we really need you for this and you're doing this and like actually have an interesting dilemma. Or they could have done like, and we'll talk about Balin more later, but we've talked about Balin, how great Balin is because, you know, it's not just so obvious and, and you know, yes. bad guy, black hat, white hat. And like, 
have someone that's just a little more subtle, like subtly maneuvering, like like Palpatine. Like Palpatine, yeah. my point is Palpatine's obviously black out of you, but like he was so subtle with his movements and he would always pretend like he was deferring to the Jedi and always act really like, oh, Master Jedi, what do you think? While actually sabotaging things. That's much more interesting than what we're getting out of Senator CNO. I just think uh, in a story perspective. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we need a little bit more of that that sort of shades of gray, sort of especially if the show continues to sort of like delve into the politics of the new republic and sort of the the how hard it is to govern and how hard it is to sort of like rebuild um, you know, an entire government after, you know, decades of tyrannical empire rule. I mean, there's a really interesting story to be told about that. And so you 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 sort of if you're going to raise these sort of like ethically murky sort of like gray areas, you need to be able to like sort of delve into them a little bit and and actually like sit with that as opposed to just like ah there's the good guys and the bad guys and you know this this guy is a bad guy because the car- the story needs him to needs be a bad guy. Needs a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh that's the Dagobah Dispatch for you, folks. We do five minutes on Senator CNO. There's <laughs> not think has had five minutes of screen time. Uh, all right, let's get into a much more important character. Let's get into Anakin. He's back once again. Uh, Ahsoka's in hyperspace doing some training, and apparently Anakin has uh, done some training holograms that he recorded uh, for, and here he is name-dropping Grievous and Asajj Ventress and Dooku and stuff. What would you make of these scenes, uh, or the, his this scene? No, I really like the scene. I think it was a little bit of the impact was lessened because we've got so much Anakin recently. You know, we got a whole episode of him and, and we got him in the world between worlds. And so um, if there was a moment where I was like, oh, is this force ghost Anakin? Is he back in the real? But then I was like, oh, no, it's a hologram, um, which makes sense. And I, I thought this was a really story wise. It makes sense. This uh, And there's that moment where, um, you know, Ahsoka talks about where she's had these recordings from her former master and she's sort of like hasn't been able to bring herself to look at them. So the fact that now she's able to watch them and revisit them and actually like use those lessons and and move forward, I think is a really nice character moment and it shows the growth and it shows everything that she learned while she was in the world between worlds. Um, I think, you know, I, I, it was just a nice moment. It wasn't like, Oh wow. Kind of moment because again, we've seen Hayden Christensen over the last couple episodes, we've had, bigger, more emotional moments with him. But I thought it was a really nice moment. Um, I wrote in my notes, love and Assange Ventress name drop. Yeah. Me never, too. never mad about that. Um, it was a, it was a cool, it was a cool moment. And I, I like getting to see, um, you know, Ahsoka still, you know, doing her training and, and still feeling like she has more to learn and she's not, you know, I think we've seen her a lot in the show so far at, in a sort of a Jedi master role where she's, she's wise, she's teaching Sabine, she knows everything, she's very capable. So to see her, you know, realize and, and sort of acknowledge that, she still has a lot of training to do. She still needs to practice with her lightsaber. She still needs sees growth on her own path. I think is is an is a nice story moment. So I, I I did really like getting to see that the idea that you know she still has has levels to go and still has has places to to go, which I thought was was very interesting. What did you make of this? Of of you know more Hayden Christensen? Yeah, I um again I thought you know I thought he looked. Great. Like, I thought they did a great job. Other than that one, you know, that one quick scene when she first went to the world without worlds and they did some weird stuff around his forehead and stuff. I thought, like, again, he looked too, he looked too old, but like not in a distracting way, right? Like they didn't go crazy with it. He's like, okay, it's, it looks a little older than he would have been around this time. But I thought he looked great. Like he looked like the animated character. And I thought it was, I, I, I like the, you know, I I just read that as, you know, that Ventress Quinlan Voss book from those unaired Clone Wars episodes, which is kind of cool. So I've had Ventress on the mind a a lot lately. I like the way how he joked about how she has to practice more than he did. Um, but yet ends with, you know, a, a very, you know, sort of thoughtful, I know you can do this, Ahsoka, very like supportive. And I like her line of, you know, he was a good master, kind of like as she, you see her there considering the good and then what eventually happened to him and turning bad. But that, as her master, he was, he was good. And, 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 and so I, I, I like the scene and kind of like what you said about C-3PO didn't go on for too long. Wasn't too crazy. It was just a nice little touch. Didn't take us out of the story. She's in hyperspace doing some training, has the sabers out. So I, I enjoyed it a lot too. 
Yeah, I've really liked, we've seen it a lot in Ahsoka so far. I've loved getting to see Hayden Christensen play a little bit more lightness to his Anakin, like uh-huh. a little bit of comedy and a little bit of snark. And because that's something I really love about this character and came to love about this character through watching Clone Wars. And I think you specific, I've said this before on the show, but I think you hear a little bit of Matt Lanter's voice performance in Hayden Christensen's performance. Like I can see sort of where Hayden Christensen is doing a phenomenal job of sort of melding, you know, prequel trilogy um, film uh, Anakin with the Clone Wars animated Anakin to the for- to the point where when he shows up, he just feels like Anakin. Is he sort of? It, it's kind of a tall order for an actor to sort of meld all these different performances and meld all of these different, um, you know, kind of points of this guy's life and, and this this journey that we've seen Anakin go on um, to, into into a single performance. And I, I like getting to hear him be a little snarky and talk about, well, I, you know, I'm, and, and be a little cocky and, you know, um, you'll, you'll have to train more than I do. And and it's just that there's something that that's something I've always really loved about this character. And um, I think sometimes when people think about Anakin and specifically Hayden Christensen's performance, they talk a lot about the more emo moments, you know, the uh, all the stuff in Revenge of the Sith, the the pining over Padme, these sort of like really like emotional teenage moody moments. But I also love these moments of like snark and uh, confidence and, you know, kind of like playful ribbing. That's something I've always really loved about this character. So I love getting to, to see it here. Well, we talked about this last week, but it is sort of, it's worth mentioning again in case you didn't listen last week. Shame on you. <laughs> uh, but it's, I, I just find it fascinating to see him playing a version of the character that he has not played before, meaning he played Anakin uh, in the movies. And then they had another version of the character in animated form who was, as you said, different, uh, pretty different. I don't know very if it's different. a very, yeah, it's a very, yeah, very different. Yeah. And now he's having to play shades of that character, which was not the character he played before. So it's the same person, but it's a different character that he's playing. And now he's doing it based on Matt Lanter's performance, you know? So it's, 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 it's weird and it's cool. Uh, and I'm enjoying it uh, as well. Yeah, and I think Hayden's doing a fantastic job of sort of like, it's a tall order to sort of, yeah. you know, this character. And again, a character who's also Darth Vader and also like, you know, and especially all the stuff in the world between worlds. And and it's just, it's it's not easy. It's not like, you know, sometimes when an actor comes back to a role, it's very much like, oh, we just want to see you do the hits and, you know, slip back into what you've done before. But this is kind of, he's creating something new and something different, which I think is really interesting. And I think he's doing a great job with. All right, we have, we have a lot more to get to. We we got to get into Balin Skull, obviously. See what's going on there. We need to discuss Ezra and his lightsaberless battle scene. Plus, we want to make some predictions on what's going to go down in next week's season finale, and we want to get to your voicemails, and so we can answer those as well. It's all coming up right after this super quick break. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Devin, uh, let's let's get into Balin, who I I think I can say is our favorite character on this show, right? Like, I, I think so. I, I, I think he is. I mean, he's been great. And so a, a lot of interesting things happening here. We've been talking about how he has some plan. He has some mission. We don't know what it is. But then, you know, we had this scene where they he and Shin find the caravan who, as we mentioned last week, like how difficult is this caravan to find? Because they're moving around all the time. It seems like, and, and then they're easily found like then like hours or a day later, like there they are. So Balin then sends Shin off to kill them. He says, kill Sabine and, and Ezra and then take your place in the coming empire. And she's like, well, what's up? Are you're not going to help me? And he says, your ambition drives you in one direction 
my path lies in another. He's basically saying, see ya. Like I'm going off the reservation now. I'm going here to do what I came to do, which he still has not revealed. What do you make of this, Devin? And we can then talk about his sort of a uh, fight against Ahsoka as well, if you want. Yeah, I think I still have a lot of questions. I'm like, what's he up to? I he's, he's something strange is going on here, and I'm I'm dying to know. And again, I think it all like. I'm I'm very curious. And I, I love this moment of sort of goodbye between him and Shin. And I really love Ivana Sakno's performance because so good. you you can tell she's she's power hungry and she wants to grow and she wants to achieve things, but she also is deeply loyal to him. And so for him to sort of say goodbye is like you can look the look on her face is is really, you know, um she's hurt and she's like, what the heck, man? Um and there's a there's a lovely moment later on that we can get into. Um but it's basically where, you know, the all of the stormtroopers have left and Shin sort of just like left there um, and like comes face to face with Ahsoka and uh, Ezra and Sabine. And there's this moment where Ahsoka's like, come with us. We'll, we'll protect you. We'll help you. And she's like a little deer in the headlights. She's like, I don't know what to expect and and what to what to do and and so it's it's a really um i just i've been really impressed by ivana sakna's performance too um and i'm really curious as to what what balin has up his sleeve i really i really thought it was interesting when ahsoka shows up and and he goes you know well this is a surprise and she's like disappointed he's like no <laughs> however i can't let you interfere again so interesting it's not like Ooh, I hate the Jedi. Like, yes. damn you, Jedi. Like, you led me astray and your 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 lies, your you know, deceit, you must pay. It's like, no, he he still respects the Jedi. He just has some mission that we're not sure what it is uh yet, and she's just in his way and so has to be dealt with, but he's not relishing it at all. In fact, he it's quite the opposite, as he's pointed out many times. He said it'd be a shame to kill her. He's just doing what he feels needs to be done. I just love that relationship and feel like it's not really something we've seen before in these sort of uh, light versus dark battles. No, and, and there's something we talked about this earlier in the show about sort of, you know, villains who are sort of in shades of, of black and white. And this is something where I think that it would it would have been very easy to have just like Balin and Shin and Morgan and Thrawn all on the same side. They're all these bad guys. You know, they're all working together. Um, and so there's something really, really interesting about uh, the, having all these these bad guys who are have different goals and and are sort of working against each other or working together. So I think it's way more interesting storytelling than just having sort of this, you know, monolith of of bad guys that Ahsoka and crew need to go up against. Let, let, let's let's get into Ezra Bridger here. There's uh, you know, they have their caravan with the the Nodi, I guess, Nadi, I don't know what they're called. I, I love them. Pronounced. They're great. Uh, they got their shell tanks with their little turtle shell, which actually were pretty cool. I actually like those because they're very much like them. They made them, you know, they made vehicles for that that are sort of like them, like slipping under like a crustacean or a turtle or something like that, which is kind of neat. And then let's just talk about Ezra here because you mentioned it before, uh, Aman Esfandi uh, playing Ezra Bridger. And I said I was a little underwhelmed by his appearance last week, and I stand by that. I, I did find it underwhelming. Um but you said at the top of the show, and I agree with you, I do think, I do like the, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like that beard. I don't like his outfit. I will stand by that. Oh, I, li I like his beard, his outfit. I'm a little weirded out by his, his contact lenses, but yeah, but I just feel like he's at the next Fish concert. Um, but, I, <laughs> but, um, but I do like the character, and he has a, a what, he has a lightness about him, right? You talked about Anakin yeah. having a little bit more of a lightness about him. Uh, Ezra has a lightness about him too. He, he, uh, you know, when the battle's about to start, Sabine's like, you know, he won't take a lightsaber, a blaster. He says, the force is my ally. That's all I need. Now he proceeds to get knocked out by Shin. So maybe that, maybe the lightsaber might've come in a little handy. Um, but, uh, but I, but I thought it was super fun this episode, Devin. Yeah, I, I really, I, I love the banter between him and Sabine. I love, uh, I really love Iman Asfandi's performance here. I love him, her trying to give him the lightsaber and him being like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna force push a bunch of people. I've, I've dealt with it for the last couple of years. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, I was, I was very, very charmed by all of this. And, and 
I liked the, you know, the reunion with Ahsoka with, you know, them getting to actually see each other and, and, you know, uh, basically what Sabine's like, oh my God, you're alive. And, um, and Ezra's like, wait, you thought she was dead? Like, why didn't you tell me? So it's just like a, a fun, a fun moment that I, I thought was, was, was great. Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was really good as well. I, I thought, it, I thought it was a little, I thought the ending was a little weird to the episode. He's a, he he's just like, guys, I got a feeling. I think I'm going home. Like, I'm like, like, is that, I, I, and then the tonally just felt weird. So let's talk about the ending. I also thought the ending was, was tonally a little strange. Um, especially because. So there's sort of two things happening at the at the end in the sort of the final act of this episode. You've got the big fight between you know Ahsoka and Sabine and, and Ezra going up against this this whole crew and Shin and and all of these things. And then meanwhile, off screen, you've got Thrawn moving his chess pieces and being the master tactician that we've heard so much about. And basically, Morgan's like, "What are you doing? Why aren't you like just destroy them already?" And he's like, "It's just a distraction." While they've been busy fighting and having their little reunion. We've been loading up the transport and and basically just using time. We're ahead time wise. We're just ahead of them, and we're ready to make our jump back to the regular galaxy. And and so I so it's sort of an interesting weird moment because on one hand, everything that Thrawn is saying, it's like, look, the good guys lost, the bad guys are about to win, and you'd think that the mo- the episode would end on that sort of cliffhanger moment of, oh my god, the bad guys are pulling ahead and they're going to win, and what's going to happen in the season finale. Instead, you get this weird kind of moment where, like, the bad guys are like, aha, we're going to win. And the good guys are like, yeah, we're great. We're, we're totally killing it. We're back together. So it's, it's this weird moment where I, was, I was thought we would get a little bit more of, like, the good guys realizing, like, oh, no. Right, like, me too. The pieces are all clicking into place and we've realized Thrawn's master plan and, oh, my God, what are we going to do um, next, uh, next episode? So it was, it was this kind of weird moment where it, it wasn't really a cliffhanger, but it was like sort of undercut by Ezra being like, yeah, we're great. We're all back together. I got a good feeling about this. Um, so it was kind of a weird tonal setup for a finale, especially because, you know, you and I, we watch a lot of TV, especially we've seen this a lot in a lot of the um, live action Star Wars shows. The penultimate episode is usually like the big episode. If you watch Game of Thrones, if you watch, you know, any Star Wars show, it's always like there's the big battle and there's like this gut punch moment. And it's going to be like, oh, my God, how are we going to resolve this on the season finale? And we didn't really get that this this episode. There's a lot of plot happening and a lot of cool stuff moving, but it, it doesn't really end on that like kind of setup for for the season finale. It was I, I agree with you. It was just sort of an odd way to to end the episode. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't get me super fired up. Like, oh my God, I, I, how can I wait a week for this episode? Yeah, just a, yeah. an odd button that they put on that. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about the finale and then we'll get to, to a few of your voicemails and play those. Um, but let's talk about the finale. Um, first off, Devin, what do you want from this finale? Like, what is it you, and it can either be specifics or it can be sort of general. What is it that you want from this final installment of this season of Ahsoka? I... I want it to not be the end. I don't want it to be a series finale. I want it to be a season finale. I want it to end with a wrap up a lot of these threads. I want it to sort of end with, you know, I want Ahsoka and Thrawn to come face to face. I want some sort of, you know, payoff there. Um, But I wouldn't mind if it ended on a cliffhanger and they said Ahsoka will return um, with with a title card at the end. I think this is a show that actually... You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Book of Boba Fett, these were all very much mini-series. They were billed as limited series. They they ended with a and wrapped up the story. This is a show that I think needs a second season. And I, I just I love these characters. I want to see more of them. I think there's a lot more to go. So I I I I want a satisfying conclusion and I want, you know, story payoff in the finale. But I also wanted to keep going. So what what about you? Do you think this is this is the end or do you think they're going to it's going to air with a Ahsoka will return? I don't know part? if they'll say that, but I think we're definitely getting a second season. I think that's think so, Thrawn right? is too big a character and and it's going to have to continue on and and um I think that's going to lead us I I think that's going to lead us to our big Avengers style movie which we know they're doing. I think Thrawn is going to be the main threat that they're all going to be taking on in that. Why would they be setting him up? If we know that movie's coming and there's going to be something that they're all going to be rallying together to defeat, how is it not Thrawn, right? Yeah. Like it's, it, they've been building this guy up so much starting in, in well, starting in Timothy Zahn, but I mean, in this universe, starting in the Man- Mandalorian. So 
I think it's absolutely going to keep uh, continuing, continue going. Here's the interesting thing for this finale. And I never would have thought this in a million years, but I'll, I'll pose the question. What I'll do is I'll pose it to you. Let's say I told you you could only have one of two things in this finale. You can only have Grand Admiral Thrawn and the resolution of what's going to happen with him, or you can only have Balin and the resolution of his story and what he's going for. You can't get them both, but you will get one. Which would you take? So either the resolution of Balin or the resolution of Thrawn? Kind of. Like, okay. listen, you can only find out if Thrawn's going to make it off Paradia and what's going to happen there, or you can only find out what Balin is doing there and how that turns out. You can get one of them. You can't get both. What do you take? I mean, I think I want resolution for Balin's story, just knowing that we've lost Ray Stevenson and we won't get to see this character again. I want a really satisfying ending for him. Me, me, me too. But even, yeah. even, even if we did, even if we did not have that tragic situation with Ray Stevenson, I still would say Balin. I just I think, think so that's too. the more interesting sc- storyline. Yeah. Right? It's like, what is going on here? A, this character is amazing. Uh, and just B, it's like, it's the big cloudy mystery hanging over the season. I'm dying to know what it is. So it's kind of funny, all this buildup to Thrawn we just talked about, you know, going back 32 years and yet now Balin is really the thing that I think a lot of people, at least you and me, really are curious about and really want to see in this in this finale. So that's what I want. You ask what I want for my finale. I want some resolution on what Balin's doing and how that how that turns out. And we can talk a little bit more about that because what I want to do now is lay down some predictions. And this is a terrible okay. idea of mine because, as you know, whenever I predict anything <laughs> on a Star Wars show, it's the opposite. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. You tell me uh, what you think. First question, does Thrawn get off Paradia? Yes. Okay. So I you, think so. You think he gets off. So here's, here's the part two. Do Ahsoka and company get off Paradia? No. So you think it basically he's off and they're stuck there and that's our cliffhanger. I think that's the cliffhanger. I, I, I think I, they're going to get stranded there. I think that's you're right. My, that's my guess. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. Who dies? And I'll give you a few options. There's obviously Balin. There's obviously Shin, who just ran off, right? Like Ahsoka put that hand out and said, hey, you know, and, and she basically just literally ran off. And to keep in mind Balin's parting lesson to Shin. He said, one parting lesson in patience for victory will guarantee defeat. Does that somehow play into the finale? Could it be Morgan Elsbeth? I don't know. Who, who dies, Devin? I think someone is going to die. And it's not Maroc. He's already dead. He's already dead. R.I.P. Um, what do you think? Or nobody. Yeah, or you could say nobody. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think somebody has to, but I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wish I had a better answer for that, but I don't know. What do you think? I think if someone's going to die, it's probably Shin would be my guess. I don't think they're going to kill her off. I think she's... I, I think they are setting up. No, yeah, yeah. I think they are setting up a turn for her. I think she is eventually. I think she's. Here's my prediction. This is my prediction. I I could see Balin dying or Balin being betrayed by Morgan or somebody, and that's what turns Shin. And Shin is like goes not not works with the good guys just yet, but like starts to have doubts about the path that she's gone on, and she sees like. Ahsoka and Ezra and Sabine like having this moment and you know like being together and all of these things um and and being like oh that sounds pretty good like actually maybe the good guys are good um I I think I don't think it's going to happen yet but I think if the show goes on for several seasons I think Sabine I, I think or excuse me I think Shin is having those doubts and those like questioning and I, I think I think that's and I think you might be happen. right, and I don't want it to yeah. happen. And the reason why I don't want it to happen is I, we've seen that happen enough. Like you can go at Rebels and yeah. Agent Callus. Now Agent Callus didn't have, have force powers, but Agent Callus, like you know, bad guy turned good guy. Like we've seen this a lot, and I kind of don't want to see it with Shin. I think it's it's just a little too predictable, which is why it might happen. Balin could die because a, a big thing that you see here is that a lot of times the bad guys unleash something and it kills them in the process, you know, like, yeah. a, like a Raiders of the Lost Ark type situation, right? So Balin, clearly this planet, he's, I think, trying to unleash some sort of power. 
it could end up killing him in the process while also unleashing havoc that then in season two, everyone else has to deal with, right? Yeah. Th- that is something that we could see happen. I, I'm, I so much want to see what happens with Bale, and I'm also so worried because if it's something super cool and interesting, and then obviously the tragedy of Ray Stevenson, we're probably not going to see that get to story get to play out um, as it was originally intended. And, you know, there's a good chance if Balin survives, if the character survives the finale, that they had big grand plans moving forward. And now those plans aren't going to happen, which yeah. is really a shame because we love that storyline so much. Obviously, the personal tragedy we've already discussed uh, at length on this podcast. And now you're going to have sort of the, the, the story uh, side of it as well now where we we might not get to see what was originally intended. And what was originally intended so far has been great. Yeah. And I just uh, what it, what an incredible performer and what an incredible like just everything about it has just a, what what a gift that we've gotten yeah. this performance. Hundred percent. So uh, we've been tracking this. We have not gotten a Morgan Elsbeth fight scene at all. We I know, know. We know Diana Lee and Asanto is like a martial arts expert. Bruce Lee was her godfather. She, they, that's why they hired her for this role. Instead, she's just looking very mystical and nodding her head and speaking with a slight accent. Will Morgan Elsbeth finally, uh, you know, pick up a staff or something uh, in this finale? Oh, I hope so. I hope we get to see uh, an Ahsoka Morgan rematch after The Mandalorian. I mean, like, Diana Lee and Asanta is a badass, and I just want to see her just totally show everybody what she can do. Um, I would love to see her, you know, go up against Ezra. I would love to see her go up against, you know, anybody. It's it's. She, I think, I, I, I hope we see we we got it. We uh, that's all I want from the finale is I, I want to I want a good Morgan Elsbeth fight scene. Uh, last thing we've been tracking Zeb. Zeb got a mention this week. They said he's training we mention this training week. recruits. That's what he's doing. Will we see Zeb in the finale? I think that if we see Hera like come to save the day, or there's like a big fleet or something, then I think we'll also see Zeb. If we don't see Hera, then we won't see Zeb. We have to see Hera, though, right? They can't, they can't not have her in the finale, I sort of feel like. I don't know what yeah, she's, she's doing. Yeah, but she's in another galaxy. I know, I know. Yeah. But we saw her this week. So, yeah. I, I, and like you mentioned, like, if you think Thrawn's getting back, you know, maybe then there's a fight there. I don't know. I think it ends with Thrawn getting back. Yeah. I don't think Thrawn gets back at the beginning of the episode. Right. But also, I don't know how long this episode's going to be. So far, the show has hovered around, like, 35-minute, 40 minute episodes yeah. and so i can see them going longer for the finale but um unless they give us like a two-hour finale I, I there's there's a lot of threads to to wrap up and i'm i'm not sure which is why i i have a feeling that it's it's going to be you know a season finale not a series finale yeah i think it's going to be season as well and um well look we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens with it and again after you watch the episode before noon Eastern, you can yes. call us with your thoughts, 657-799-1566, 657-799-1566. Speaking of which, Sammy's got some uh, some voicemail messages from some folks that they left us for this week's episode. Uh, Sammy, what's kicking us off here? Okay, we have three voicemails, as I mentioned earlier, and our first one is from Joseph. Hi, this is Joseph from Houston, Texas. Just wanted to add a quick comment on Hu Yang's comment of a long time ago on a galaxy far, far away. Like you guys said on last week's pod, it was really fun to listen to. Just kind of makes you sit back and smile as a Star Wars fan. I'm curious, too, if this will tie into other things in the future, even though this seemed to be just a one-off thing. Like maybe in the, the upcoming movie about the first Jedi, we're going to learn something about the origins of the Jedi and the Force that are outside the galaxy. Thanks. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Joseph. And I, uh, listen, I'll say this about Hu Yang because Devin is a huge Hu Yang fan. I will we love say, David Tennant. Yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, the, the the scene this week was great between Hu Yang and Ahsoka, where they're arguing about like the you know the 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 jumping up on the plane when she left in episode one and, and jumping down this time, and then he was getting a little sassy and testy, and it was really fun, Devin. Yeah, I was obsessed with with all of this. And no, that's a really interesting point to make, especially because we've got, um, you know, James Mangold is working on this this movie about sort of the origins of the Jedi and and sort of like history. And and so I I'm curious, sort of like what that means and and what that looks like, and whether that's going to be something totally separate or whether that's going to, like you said, maybe tie into some of this like outside of the galaxy kind of stuff. 
Yeah, and I just love that they're the they're three volume history of the galaxy, uh, you know, uh, teachings here that that could bleed into other things. Now it's it's in the canon now, Joseph. So we'll see if it uh, pops up in other places as well. Especially since Dave Filoni since seems to control uh, like eighty percent of those places, so uh, it's true. it makes it more more likely. Uh, let's go to our next caller here. Hey, our next caller is Terry. Hi, this is Terry from Connecticut, a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I wanted to say that it has been really great to see these characters in Ahsoka again, but it just feels like it should not have taken seven episodes out of only eight to get here. It seems like a whole lot of setup, but not a resolution. And I just don't know where it's going, and, and I feel like there was a lot of story that's being left on the table. Thanks. All right. Uh, you know, interesting. Th- hey, Terry, thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, thank you. Love I love Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, I've spent a lot of time there. I love the name there. Terry. Yeah, me too. That's my that's my brother's name. Uh, so it's a fair point, Devin. I mean, listen, we've had seven episodes. It took them um, six of those episodes just to get to Thrawn. We've talked about this all throughout the pod. I didn't personally didn't mind it because I liked the stuff we had in its place. But But I understand where Terry's coming from in terms of just like momentum and things happening and you know it took them six episodes to get to thrawn and then now they're on the planet now all thrawn's really doing is trying to leave uh other than thrawn and sabine having what one maybe two scenes together uh ahsoka and thrawn have still not met each other yet in this show right the whole thing was where's grand admiral thrawn we're now hitting the finale she still hasn't found him i mean she's on the same planet now, but she still has not found him. So I, I, I get that. I've, I've enjoyed the ride, but I understand what she's saying, Devin. Yeah, that's why I think we need a second season, and we need to see more of this this show because I think so. And that's one of been one of the tricky things about the show from the beginning is that we've talked about this a lot. You've got the two audiences. You've got the people who have never seen a second of Rebels and have no idea who Ezra and Sabine are, and may may not even know who Thrawn is. Um, and then you've got the people who've seen every single episode of it and know this long history and and have been you know waiting for this sort of like showdown again. Um, so. I think the show had a lot of it had it needed a lot of runway to sort of get everybody up to speed and get everybody invested. And my friends I've spoken to who are not Rebels watchers, um, but are watching Ahsoka um, at this point in time, they're all in. They love Ahsoka. They love Sabine. They're getting to know Ezra, like all of these Hera, all of these great characters. So I think that's one of the tricky things about the show is that they sort of had to lay that groundwork. Um, So for, you know, people like us who've seen everything we're like i just want i want zeb and i want ever the ghost crew back together again and all of those things but i do agree with you it's been kind of a slow burn and there's been a couple times where like the audiences has known more than the characters and that's been a little tough where it's like well we know what like morgan elsbeth's plan and knows what all these things are happening so and we're just like waiting for ahsoka and everybody to catch up um but now i think we're finally getting into the end game which is like we don't know what Balin's plan is, and I'm very curious to find out, presumably at the same time our heroes do. What what I'd really like to hear from Terry is after the finale, because I think that's yeah. where it really matters. Like, okay, the season's done. Like, were you satisfied? Did you feel like you got enough? So a lot is riding on that finale, because even people like Devin and I, who have really enjoyed sort of the ride, you still got to stick the landing, right? And you still got to feel like as an entire season story that you that there was enough meat on the bone. So Terry, I, I hope you have a chance. Give us a call after you watch the finale before noon uh, Eastern and uh, and everyone else should as, as well. And just hit us up and let us know at 657-799-1566 if you felt, okay, now I feel, uh, now I feel good about what we got from yeah. the season of Ahsoka. All right, we got one more call. What do we got, Sammy? All right, this voicemail, uh, they didn't leave their number, but they are a big fan. Hi, big fan of the the podcast. Been listening for a while. I am calling after watching episode seven. And I got to say, as someone who came to the show super, super excited, and I absolutely loved episode four. I thought episode five was great. I've been kind of worried about the direction the show has been going since. Um, it feels like... There's no real purpose to a lot of things. I don't know if you'd agree. Uh, I think especially in this past episode, there were a lot of events that I felt like kind of were almost 
meaningless, dare I say, such as the Ahsoka versus Balin fight. It felt like, why did that need to happen at all? And in talking it over with a lot of friends, we all kind of came to the same conclusion that in Episode 6, it would have actually been a lot more interesting to the story if, uh, sorry to say it, but if Ezra was actually dead um, when Sabine showed up. Um, absolutely nothing against um, Amanasani. Uh, I think his portrayal has been great, but I think the story so far has been very, without a lot of tension or very, you know, driven characters. So sorry for the long message, but have the best. Stop being so hard on Sammy. Thank you. Stop being so hard on Sammy. I don't know. Listen, Sammy runs this, is, is, is a tyrant running this thing. I mean, if you knew what they put us through on a weekly basis, it's just, we're, we're, we're chained to these microphones and. No, seriously, we could not do this without Sammy. Sammy makes us sound so good and so smart and takes out all of the stupid stuff that we say and do. Seriously, the, if, if Sammy ever left, uh, we, this, this podcast would, you know, explode like a, like a death star. It would it would be a disaster. Well, l- let's get into uh, what our nameless anonymous caller uh, said. Please leave do leave your names. Uh, but um, uh, listen, I agree with you to a point, like in the sense that I I agreed. I thought last week's uh, and I stand by it. As I said, I thought last week's introduction of Ezra was super underwhelming. Uh, and I and for the kind of the things that you just said, I didn't think there was any tension there. I didn't think there was. It just it was too casual. For my taste, definitely sound like you want to jump in there. Well, I just think I, I agree with you, dude. I think there ha- one of my biggest issues with the show so far is there has been a little bit of predictability. I think it's been very much like, okay, we're going to find Thrawn. Okay, we found Thrawn. Okay, we're searching for Ezra. We found Ezra. Right. There hasn't been a ton of surprises. It's from the very beginning we have known that Morgan Elsbeth's plan is to go to this other galaxy and find Thrawn. She went to this other galaxy and found Thrawn. And 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 so I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm waiting for something to just like like a WTF moment. Oh my God, how are our heroes gonna get out of this? And we I, had I th- that. Ezra was Maroc. He was killed, remember? Don't you remember, <laughs> Devin? Back in like episode I, two. He, he exploded into smoke. Going, I know. That's it. That's your moment. Yeah, no, that's why like I I again, I don't want anybody to die in the finale, but I narrative wise it could be interesting i i would i i think we i mean there's just a lot of the things even even knowing that anakin was going to show up that's been rumored for literally yeah. months um disney that. released a trailer like featuring hayden christensen's voice it wasn't the big surprise big shock moment that that we've been waiting for and i one of the things i love about episodic television and something that i think star wars hasn't necessarily like had a chance to embrace really is like those shocking moments where everything goes off the rails and like you have no idea what they're going to do next week. And I, I think the show and has been missing a little bit of that so far. So I agree with you to an extent. I think um, I think I might have I might like the journey that we've gone on a little bit more um, more than our caller does so far. But I, I do agree that something's missing. And I, I think we need a little bit of a, a WTF moment to really kind of throw a wrench in things. I agree. And I will say to our caller's point too, I did wonder the same thing. When when Ahsoka and Balin had that battle, as cool as I thought the uh, vocal interaction was before they did it, I was like, yeah, there was really no point to it. And and wasn't she basically like, I was just distracting you, psych. Like distracting him from what? You could have been helping them. Like I I don't understand what the strategic advantage or purpose to the fight was. I mean, there really was none. Our caller's 100% right. There was no purpose to that other than just wanting them to to cross laser swords again and have some some banter. Um, Look, I will say something that I really have enjoyed about this show so far is we have gotten so many lightsaber fights. Yes, we have. Oh, my God. After like literally we got a little bit on the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, um, some some good, good lightsaber moments. We have three oh really good lightsaber battles. In yeah. Kenobi, yeah. But like this show has had one. Pretty much every episode, every other episode, there's been like a really great lightsaber moment, which is so interesting because Mandalorian has not had any of that other than the brief Ahsoka interlude and the brief cameo by Luke Skywalker. Andor is very much not about that. It's very much not about the Jedi. Um, I kind of 
love it. I'm not mad about seeing like really cool lightsaber fights. I mean, I agree that I think this one was a little underwhelming, especially story wise. It didn't necessarily like advance the plot. But look, I'm I'm not mad. I'm not mad about yeah. having more and more lightsabers. And 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 I talked about earlier Ezra not taking the lightsaber because all he needs the force. I mean, was just re- really just stupid. I mean, it really was <laughs> stupid. It was just made no sense. But it was clearly done for the reason of, and I understand is. We need a different kind of fight. Like we've we, we've got a lot of lightsaber battles. We need something different. Let's have them just use the force, force pushing. A- and so I understand why they did it. It makes no narrative sense, but it 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 was interesting. It was different. It was different. If you're going to have a show with a lot of lightsaber battles, you have to choreograph them differently. That's why Sabine is helpful in these matters. Because I did like that where it's lightsaber battling mixed with all her Mandalorian gadgets. You know, there's some fire, there's some string, there's some other things. And that makes it a little bit different, which is cool, which is cool as well. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say in reference to the call? Um, no, I just yeah. thank you so much for for listening and for calling in. And I seriously, I, we love hearing from you guys. It's so much because it's one thing. I got to listen to Dalton every single week and listen know, to his Jesus. opinions. It's, it's so much fun to listen to other people's opinions and talk about it with them because half the time they're smarter than me and Dalton. So, yeah, um, well, at least smarter than me. So listen, <laughs> you can react to anything from episode seven or anything we said here. Or like I said, call us Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, right after you watch the finale. Yes. 657-799-1566. And we'll make you part of our Ahsoka finale podcast. All right. We've got to get off Paradia before Thrawn leaves. Uh, but if you have just 30 seconds, please follow, rate, and review the podcast. We love hearing from you guys. So speaking of which, you know, leave that voicemail message. Like we said, you can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Kogan. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Kogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.